podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod and tonight we're going to talk about the biggest mainstream event ever to happen to British wrestling, NXT UK. But first, before we move on to that, if you want to have your say on tonight's show, head over to our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, that's at Suplex Retweet on all platforms. And if you want to check out our other shows we've done, including a United Kingdom Tournament 2017 Tournament Retrospective, or a UK Wrestling The Story So Far, where we actually previewed the 2018 Tournament, then you can head over to Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Just search Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. So, before we start, let's meet the panel. This man has whipped quicker than the speed Brendan Rogers left for Leicester at. <laughs> he is the host of those shitey, pointless pre-show parties. <laughs> the owner of wrestle events and a wrestling uh, DJ. Ryan Gallagher. All four of them points are correct. <laughs> I'm good. It's your first time in a studio show. Uh, it's made, I made the effort. I've never met you before. <laughs> I mean, I wish that was true. <laughs> we all wish that was true. <laughs> Well, on that note, next up, charming, funny, funny, Helen's favourite son. These are all words to describe Derek Helen. However, we have made do tonight with Derek Helen. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> well, speaking of favourite sons, oh. much like when I used to go to the park to play football as a child, this man is only here because my mom yelled to take your brother with you. It's Scott McLeod. I never met my <laughs> and last on the panel, and last on everyone's list of favourite Stevensons, he's Laura's least favourite roommate behind the spider that lives under the sink. <laughs> Mr. It's My Podcast, Stephen Wilson. And that's really bad, because she's terrified of the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and, as always, controlling the chaos, this man went to Amsterdam and didn't try any edibles, marking the historic first time he's turned on cake. It's Mark <laughs> 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 Quacky, how are you? Um, I mean, I'm not raging at the insult, I'm more raging that you said I turned on cake when I'm lactose intolerant, and you know that, so I never eat cake! So it's like literally the worst insult you could have felt off of me, but anyway, move on. See, I would have looked better if I had this Oh, you're calling Alan Fat now, Stephen? Oh, I mean, he likes cake. Body shaming, are we? No, I do, I do apologise. Wait, he body shamed first of all? To be fair, we all like cake. I like cake as well. I'm allergic to it. I'm not cake as well. Well, something else we all like in wrestling if we want to get back on subject. And we're going to talk about... we're not talking about the Great British Bake There will be no soggy bottoms on this show tonight. That's one of our spin-offs with the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, for God's sake. Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. Bake brawling in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's going to be a podcast soon. Anyway. Is it a special? This becomes more of a farce every week. Anyway, so NXT UK, um, before we got the brand itself, we got the two tournaments. We met, obviously, we've covered the 2017 tournament. 
The actual tournament in 2018, Gary, you were actually there. You were there before our on-site reporter. Yes, live reporting, and we broke the news first that night of NXT UK's announcement as well. Yes, that's yeah. suplex retweet for breaking wrestling news. <laughs> but uh, what was the what was the atmosphere like in the arena that night, Gary? Just the the fact that we weren't just getting a show. You know, for years people have clamoured for that pay-per-view or a WrestleMania, but we were actually getting a weekly televised brand. What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. I, I loved every minute of the show and when you watch it back on the network, that I don't think it's the same experience. Well, what I experienced in the building didn't come across on, on screen. There was a there was an atmosphere, there's an electricity about it. Everybody was really excited, even though it wasn't anywhere near a sellout. Uh, folk there when uh, Mustache Mountain won the titles, the pop and the place was incredible. It was such a fun couple of nights, so I'm so pleased to went to it. So, uh, Brian, your first time on the panel, so we'll go with you next. Okay. So, what were you? What was your reaction originally to the fact that we were getting a UK brand? I thought it was quite a good, a good thing, you know, something we've wanted for a while. You know, people go to indie shows every single week, and you always think, oh, WWE never pay attention to indie shows. There's so many good guys on this, but now all of a sudden. We've got this new weekly show that's going to be getting these guys that we know somewhere that we can broadcast them across the world as well. You know, it's going to be on the network. People across the world can see what we've got across here as well. So I, I, I love the idea of it. Yeah, it's, it, I agree with Ryan. I, I thought it was a good idea because it's just it was. We've talked to a lot of guys in interviews in the past. They've all, most of them have said the fact that when they started off wrestling. Got WWE was a pipe dream, you know. There was no direct route to them. Only the best of the best from this side of the pond got to go there. So to be able to have something that these guys who have worked incredibly hard to give them something to actually be able to do and work for the WWE, it was great for them and it was great for us because more wrestling for us and easy access. You know, can't complain. Still, yeah, because they've been saying that it was coming for ages without any actual like news or information about it. Like when you're pretty asked for something via mum and dad, they'll say, We'll see, and you pretty much know that's that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if eventually we got it, <laughs> I, I had a trouble childhood, leave me alone. <laughs> the announcement at the first tournament came out, I don't know about you guys, but came out, for me, came a bit out of the blue, and then the yeah. expectation of what was going to happen next went on and on and on. and it was only World of Sport coming back on TV in the week, the, the weekly block that was feels like accelerated WWE's mm-hmm. thinking. But I'd like to say, um, WWE's international expansion, I think, strategically is a really great move and quite an interesting business model. Because as much as we would love WWE to do some of the big events, the big pay-per-views here, at WrestleMania or SummerSlam or whatever, I think the reality is that's never going to happen. Yeah, the furthest the field will go is like, obviously Toronto this year, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That's the furthest the field will go. But obviously you mentioned World of Sport. It was a case of the first one came out because of World of Sport. Then when World of Sport didn't get picked up originally, it died down. Then it picked up again. It was just a case. Do you think it was a wee bit of a case of, like, these are real toys. You can't have these toys when they were started hoovering up wrestlers left, right and centre. Massively, massively. It was about getting securing the market and WWE wanted to be wanted the market and it was actually just World of Sport that prompted them into action because they didn't want somebody else to hoover up hoover up the space. 
we've kind of seen recently, we've maybe talked a little bit later on, but the influx of a lot of these people who we've seen on the first season of the World of Sport, the amount of them who are now making appearances on NXT UK, just shows how much that being there now has impacted on, on them, because I think if the, if the chance had been there before World of Sport started for them mm-hmm. to go, the men would even see World of Sport on the, on the air, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, when we got the brand initially, like, it was good for all the guys involved in it, because we're not going to need to promote them on like as WWE or NXT Superstar or this person, but with the exception of like, British Drumsdale, you barely really saw a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you could be forgetting forget, like Jordan Devlin or Tyson Tebow was was online, but whereas you have Mustache Man and, and Pete Dunn heavily featured on NXT, like you forget there was a you we forget for forget there was a UK band outside of those guys. But now this is giving other guys a chance to step up. So with the reaction of obviously they announced it's a weekly t- weekly show, we've obviously we talked about them signing as much talent strategically just so World of Sport can happen. A lot of people like you said Stephen well, loved it because WWE was a mere pipe dream beforehand. But there was some negative responses, obviously people worried that it would affect indie shows and what have you, Ryan. Can you see the point of the, the negative reaction? Can I, you see their I think it has, I think it's ruined indies quite a bit. You know, we look at you know the closest one at home, ICW, you know, the announcement of that completely ruined the the coffee match at, at Shugs. Completely ruined that one. We had to wait extra for that, but they never got much of a build up to it anyway because these guys were away away finding somewhere else, which is which is fair enough, you know. There's no no harm in them going to work for the biggest wrestling company in the world. But I just feel like when they their kind of nose was out of, out of joint a wee bit with the world of sport and they went, Okay, we're just gonna take this in and we're gonna set up our own our own brand and um you know, kind of run for that. It's ruined a lot of things, you know, we're now we don't have a Baravania either as well because there's not enough time to build between Square Go, Baromania, Shugs. No, so the- uh, there's no Baromania this year because of ABC. Now, every, every big gig that was booked in ABC have basically moved over to Barrowlands and literally ICW could not get a Sunday <laughs> Barrowlands slot. No, they, in, in they, the- they, they, he told me that the reason they weren't, um, they weren't going to do Baromania was because of the guys been away, they didn't, didn't have people for enough shows and not enough time to actually build for shows. That was, that was what Mark said, that's his last show this week. But there's not enough time for them to build storylines, you know, between... If, you, if you're finishing Square Go Day now, we'd have to have something between now and April to have, you know, one of our big four shows of the year. They're doing something at Barris later on in the year. Apparently, so I think Ryan makes a fair point about the scheduling and the scheduling conflict last year was obvious. Was this year, if you look, um, WWE's done their last taping in Coventry on the Friday and Saturday night to avoid the conflict on the Sunday, which avoided the conflict on the Sunday night with ICW and the Square Go. Now I don't know if that was by accident or by design. It was just a coincidence. Could they not get the Coventry skied on for the Sunday? I think it's. I, I think it's a coincidence because it's. I think it's more WWE being the, like Ryan said, the biggest thing. It's a case of we'll book real shows when we want, if you have to have a show that day. If WWE's getting their schedule sorted and people know it, then there's more of a chance mm. of them being able to schedule around them this year than there was mm. last year. Yeah, it's like, I think the biggest impact for shows was the ZOG title match. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that the Kiwi statements 
with coffees were a big part like that's where they started the formation of Gallus uh, but I think uh, ICW really I think it forced them to get a bit more creative and I think actually for me personally both nights of shows last year were two of some of the best stuff ICW did all year Absolutely. so it was good yeah. and one thing, one thing that did annoy me when I eventually watched the, in the Kimmy Stevens eventually aired we look at Kenny Williams he had one match on the second night and they're like could you not just stayed him for night one yeah you can if, looking at it uh, retrospectively now you can kind of see why maybe it would annoy people this whole thing because you look now you're seeing less and less of the WWE UK guys mm-hmm. on the smaller indie shows I mean I remember when uh, just after the Tyler Bate won the belt he was fighting uh, Kim Kelly on a BCW or a SWA show mm-hmm. you wouldn't see that with, the, with somebody at that particular level now so I think you can they're, they're not having those level of guys in these so really small shows uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen someone who said that I never turned her key has broken a chair just now <laughs> and I believe that's the second chair it's he's the broken this chair. year so, I, I, sorry Stephen continue I'm with the girlfriend from Shallow Hall <laughs> Stephen continue no that was my that was my <laughs> but you can understand like people who only go to these wee family shows are a bit annoyed and I'm not seeing guys like Pete Dunham that anymore but same time, you've got to take the, the good with the bad. It means we're getting to see a lot of these up-and-coming guys now. Um, the Source shows in particular, they've got a lot of these up-and-coming great talents. You're seeing, more TV, you're seeing it more in PPW now and everything like that. So it's, it's only going to help the long term. I suppose it gives people a chance to you know get new names in and, and see new people. But I also think that you know people like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bay, etc., they were always going to get snapped up regardless. So you weren't going to see them... But you know, you're kind of average guys like just Kenny Williams, who still has to make a living on the independent shows as well. He's now not, you know, take his hydro match, for example. There was no build up to that match because he was already doing stuff for NXT, whereas he still kind of works for both. He works for NXT and the Indies as well. I think it's because we had that year, that kind of year where they were doing all these V shows as well. I think we got really spoiled with that type of thing. Yeah. Whereas if we didn't have NXT UK and the likes of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate got called up, then we would have thought other oh, called up and have to see them go in like today on that type of stuff I've before. But obviously we talked about uh, obviously you talked Stephen about the young talent coming for Source. Mm. Our EP and recent debuting MC for Source graduate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously you've interviewed a lot of the Source graduates, you've followed a lot of the Source things. Do you think well the negative is, as Stephen said, we lose out on big stars that done that? There's so many new talents at like GPW, PBW, oh, and Source. There are a lot, like, um, in the past, I mean, I've been following ICW since 2015, and when I say following 20, since 2015, I mean, like, stuck to the tour bus since 2015. Whatever means a transport, um, whether it was Lake Thompson Sink or whatever, <laughs> I was there. Um, so, and in the past year since Shugs, I think I've seen more debuts come in than any other time, which has just been fantastic. It's given us something new. Um, debuts such as like Paxo, who's really taken to the, the crowd have really taken to really quickly. Uh, debuts such as Alexander Darwin McCallan, who had an absolutely amazing show at the square goal. It was just the way that when he walked out, he stood there. And there was that kind of, and there was like, it wasn't like a silence of like, 
uh, who is, it was the silence of, oh my god, kind of thing. It was just that amazing thing of, and then when he went to the right and he dominated, it was just amazing. I think my favourite thing about ADM is the fact that he hates Stephen Wilson so much. It's one, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's oh, one yeah. of my favourite traits yeah, of his. There's that too. I mean, yeah, but. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that too. And um, hot uh, tag teams such as, like, KOE had also made the debut, who put on a fantastic match against the Purge, and you're just seeing great fights coming from them when when you see them at Source and stuff. So yeah, I mean a lot a lot more, and also there's these three masked men that have been mm. popping up recently. Quacko, you're making assumptions that these three masked men are from Source. I, I don't know, but um, using your newfound information, I have no I have no sources to report on to know where these people have come from. So who is your source at Source? I have no idea. I've got no sources at Source. Have you got any sources for people? That would have been believable if you didn't just MC for them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that wasn't uh, the MC, that was Dave Mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say David Walkney's favourite French wrestler for the UK. He stole all of my cake because I was allergic to it. Bad to be Osh Bundy Piper. We see it quite often with the NXT US, if you call it that, the the changing of the guard almost. You get a whole bunch of people that get called up and then it creates opportunities for new people to come onto the show. So that actually one could argue that the ICW was in need of some of these uh, some new talent to come through because we'd seen yeah. quite a lot of the pairings already. We'd seen quite a lot of this you know, the matches that were coming on were ones we'd seen before. So it's a really good thing that there's new new folk coming through. And rather than being sort of sad sad that it's over when it comes to seeing some of these stars, we should just be grateful that it happened. Yeah. And grateful that we've some of these guys that came through the ranks it's here in our hometowns are now hitting the big time. We all we obviously mention our obviously it's closest to home for us because we are Glasgow based, but the likes of Discovery your personal favourite and someone we interviewed who you can check out in our back catalogue, Shug, uh, Sugar Duncanton, mm-hmm. has recently made his uh, progress debut. Yeah. Progress, are starting to see a lot more people. I think progress were a lot more hit by the oh, talent recruitment yeah. than ICW were. Because a lot of people kind of see progress more as like WWE UK itself, yeah. especially when you get the likes of a lot of their guys are producers, you see them on the telly more, so they've got more of a face on it. So it's great to see that comparison. Yeah, but obviously, with obviously it's an outbreak all down with the new there is plenty of talent in the UK scene I don't think will be be troubling for shows anytime soon no it's like the whole reason that these guys are getting signed up is because they've had a platform TV notice and been featured on a lot of big shows and now WWE are recognising what everybody else already knows about them is how talented they are and there's all these other guys who you might not be familiar with that's because they haven't had the same platform yet but within a couple of years you can see these guys on NXT UK as well like the Q and Kelly or Leighton Buzzard I'm pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so nothing extra to add at that point there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll basically cover it all. So, obviously, we can see the bad, but there is obviously the good with the fact that when one moves on, one moves up. So, plenty of talent to see. Since the way it's always been in WWE as well, especially with the NXT, we've got they had that kind of way through. So, WWE need to get the talent from somewhere. They've now got the performance center, mm-hmm. but they still need something. I mean, even with the NXT brand in the US, they get their guys from the likes of Evolve, they're all coming from the different scenes around there. Mm-hmm. There is somewhere where these guys can 
Just, just about what Stephen was saying, the, some of the reporting of WWE saying some of these guys to, to full-time contracts, I think, got a, a little bit hysterical because they're not stopping people completely <laughs> from going elsewhere. So some of their top stars like Dan Bate and Trent Seven, they, they use them a bit more. Yeah, Trent, uh, Trent Seven's still got he's, he's still in progress. Okay, so Dan Bate then, <laughs> they, they have more Shoot for them up. to do. <laughs> yeah, they have much more for them to do now, um, and therefore they're getting matches and so on. But some of the other talent in NXT still, you know, they're not wrestling every week, so they still need to wrestle to keep the proper matches to keep ring conditioning up. So we'll still see quite a lot of the stars coming through. Fair enough. So we've talked about that, we'll talk now about the the debut on the network itself because it sort of came out of nowhere. We were waiting and waiting and waiting. We mentioned obviously Shugs was in July. We were sitting in September, still no word. And then I think was it not War Games? They just kinda of announced, Oh by the way, Wednesday, NXT UK starts. It was just it was sort of out of nowhere. They even had to do two shows a, a week. Mm-hmm. Was it not October, David? Oh, October, like dress. It was out of nowhere, but I think it was it was it was either NXT or Crown Jewel or yeah. some special in the network that just went Oh, by the way, see if you like UK wrestling, we have that this week. Like, it's like they announced there were all four sets of tapings, and we had we were always three sets of tapings in already by the time they aired the first episode. Yeah, I think I, I, I mentioned this before. Um, the two episodes a week didn't help, and actually, WWE is one of the things they're so good at is the production values. So I found it a little bit odd that they didn't re edit the voiceovers because it wasn't live commentary that was done mm. on these shows. Mm-hmm. So rather than you know, they presented them as weekly shows. Wait, wait you tell me if I can Nigel or Marshall there? No. <laughs> I know it's nothing. <laughs> that annoys me so much, that they horrible Yeah, they were in Blackpool. If you paid for a ticket, you'd have found out. No, no, no. But if WWE had re-edited those rather than having them as... To, you know, they would say, "Oh, next week." Well, actually, it's in ten minutes' time. It's yeah. the next episode, and there was one episode. The member they said two months ago this happened. It actually was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so if they re-edited them to make them two-hour episodes rather than two one-hour episodes. I think that made a bit more sense, but yeah. it felt a bit rushed. I think it sounds weird, but I think the fact of a two-hour show puts people off with the fact that we have a three-hour raw a two-hour SmackDown, a one-hour NXT, a one-hour 205 Live. I think putting it in one hour, it's like, right, if I watch one, I can watch the other one later. Whereas if you watch just half an episode or something, it feels, you feel lost when you go back to it, if you get me. And I think that's why they just went, right, it's two different episodes, just to stop people going, oh, Jesus. I think you're crediting them with giving this too much thought. <laughs> as much that. thought as they put into the general well, maybe, they just throw it out there now. Scott? Yeah, like... I mean, what are you saying? I quite like the way they done it though with the, the announcement because we knew that it was coming eventually. Um, we never knew when, and the fact that, and this is just from a personal point of view, the fact that I didn't need to wait ages for it because mm. I would have got too, far too excited waiting for us to come on. <laughs> and they would have went, it's going to be on in two months' time, and I'd be like, I can't wait for that programme. And then by the time they came around, they'd be like, alright, I've kind of. Been excited for it, I've mourned it, I'm past it now. Whereas with the fact that it went Sunday night, this is on Wednesday, I was like, oh, brilliant, this is going to be something else to watch. So I quite like the way they done it. So really. Scott, you have a point now. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I briefly drifted off, sorry. 
there's a thing that the uh, it aired like a few weeks before the last set of tapings in Liverpool. So we're like four episodes in, and then the announcement gets leaked of the Blackpool takeover to get announced in Liverpool. So then now, as it goes on, you keep getting look at stuff like, okay, so that's clearly built to this, which is fairly to takeover. So it kind of took some suspense. That, like, it's like whenever Pete Dunne defended the tail, it was good to use defending like regularly, especially in the first couple of weeks. But it kind of took some of the drama out of it that you weren't really sure that he was going to lose it. See, I, I've got to disagree, though, because I did kind of like that for the simple fact because you thought they were building a takeover, you paid attention to every wee detail mm-hmm. and it held your attention a bit more, I think, even though you know, like, you know Pete Dunne's never going to lose it on a TV tape and it's got yeah. to that stage where yeah. this run is far too big like to lose on a TV too. I feel for the people that went to the third set of TV tapings because they must have thought what the hell was going on here. And all these established stars. <laughs> 12 episodes by that time. Like, I've not seen any of them. Like, since when do we have a women's champion? Yeah, so obviously, Quacko, obviously, you follow ICW, taxi bus, plane strings and automobiles. <laughs> Ashton Smith of POD, one of the biggest monster heels in the company. And yet he's walking about NXT. You know, guys talking about, uh, talk about these people, maybe ICW fans have walked in ready to boo, and poor Ashton's just trying to put a show on for them. Mm. <laughs> I actually quite like Face Ashton. He's um, got a very talented guy. Very, very talented. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he can take to anything, really, but nah, I, of the two, maybe it's because any time he's in POD, he's always for the tag teams that I like. <laughs> 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 if he's in POD, he looks really, really hack. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, the wee, travel with the wee man, you know, must. <laughs> oh, the wee man, the, like, that's the beauty of the wee man. I, lo- I, I love some of the promos they kind of do, that he's trying to look angry and the wee man's cutting these lines, you can tell he's just like, oh, really off, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Casey, Casey uh, zombied herself when the wee man went Baba Shango to Joe <laughs> Like that, I mean, fair play to her, but I mean, no one can control Ash- it. Ashton Smith, though, he's one of those guys on the brand. <laughs> who kind of didn't quite get the same level when they first came in like when they announced them for the UK tournament you were kind of like oh cool Ashton Smith saw it maybe Megan knocked in the first round but he won the match he got on the actual tape and put on a good show so he's kept, you've got a lot of these guys who kind of maybe didn't feature in the tournament as heavily or even in the past ones but they've got this platform you mentioned Mastif <laughs> Mastif <laughs> he's another one he's a guy who he's a Frenchman a mighty Frenchman his name is he's a guy like when they, when they got him you were kind of like right they've got him in because they don't want him in world of sport That's, mm-hmm. but how are they going to use him then he got the win over Kerry at the Downwood Festival put in a good showing against Joe Coffey and then he's just went, went on a tear Mm-hmm. for the first few months in the company and you, I know he's been about for ages and it's great to see him get we didn't think he would get that prominent a role when you look at the other guys the likes of the Devlins and the Banks mm-hmm. Andrews and that type of stuff it's, it's, a, it's a pleasant surprise I think the, the strange thing is with NAC UK is that they're, they're trying to make this now a big marquee show they're trying to make it you know they've not really got a lot of guys who are top billing if that makes sense so I mean you've got also you've got Pete you've got Joe you've now got obviously Walter coming in as well that's your big names but apart from that you've got nobody else who is you know the, the mid-carders if that's a you know not in a negative way you know you get a lot of, like Dave Massa for example you know I, I can't see him ever getting a credible push up I feel like they've just got and you know Ashton Smith I think he works really well as a heel I don't see it as a face 
See, uh, I was going to say Misty for that, but I can't <laughs> say Master, but anyway. Master reminds me, see, pre like, Hall of Pain, Mark Henry, where he won the belt beforehand, where he was heel or face. He was always that guy, maybe like a, a survival series or a Royal Rumble where the big stars were needed for the multi man matches, but like, like we'll put him in because he's a credible threat, yeah. but he's not going to win the belt. I think that's sort of the role he plays. He is a guy that everybody respects on the mm. scene. So many oh. the, the two ones that kind of got is kind of like that. You've got him and Ligero. Mm-hmm. Your first name. <laughs> Your awesome name. Do you remember on NXT UK when Massive announced uh, or done, done his promo and he ch- said that he wanted to challenge Pete Dunne for the title and the crowd popped big style and then obviously Eddie Dennis attacked him and it took him off in that direction but it looked like it was going to build to that and folks seemed really into it, whether he wins it or not, but folks seemed to want wanted to have seen it. Yeah, well, uh, like, you know, Ryan said that the other way one person I've been really impressed with the one in NXT UK is Jordan Devlin because mm-hmm. like it was easy to make all the jokes so he's a crap Finn Balor something like when he just appeared in the tournament but we actually look you look at somebody working OTT because OTT is like the company in Ireland and he's treated as the guy like for months he was like the unbeatable guy like the import guy everybody like like you got to the state where when Volter beat him for the OTT title it was treated as like when the Undertaker street got broken like everybody in the crowd Okay, and everybody thought like, oh, I never thought Jordan Devlin would get beaten, and like, like, and he was one of the ones like when he fought uh, done on TV for the title. This, this was when I was kind of annoyed that it'd been put back for months and like delayed there, and then this wasn't happening on TV because Devlin is a guy, is one of the guys I could see being the, the champion, and it's a shame that the way that we edited, the way it was like aired months after the match had happened because you knew. It wasn't going anywhere. Like, it was a shame because I'd actually like to see what he did because he joked about I'm going to rebrand this come this place as NXT Ireland featuring the UK. See, I, I really like that because it's something that gets done a lot. Mm. But obviously, we'll, we'll touch on him later on. Finn Balor when he showed up at Takeover. Yeah. And rising star from the UK. It's like Ireland's a different country. Yeah. Learn this Americans. <laughs> and I think the gimmick that John Devlin had was just a case of. Yeah, I'm not from the UK. I wrestle in the UK. I'm from my own country. I want my own. I want I'm not from here. I have my own customs. I love the promo he cut on Lagrero when he's like, "There's this guy in the back with a mask who thinks he's Mexican. He's from Leeds." <laughs> I used to. There was a pause because they all start shouting Lagrero. He goes, "He's from Leeds." <laughs> so we've discussed obviously some. Some of our favourite stars so far. I'll go around the panel and get some more names. So I'll start with Kwaku. One of your breakout stars from like the lead up to takeover tapings. One of your breakout stars of the brand. This is going to sound weird, but I'm going to kick off on the first one because this guy to me has been a revelation, Fabian Eichner. Oh, yes. Brilliant, isn't it? He's been, been properly wow. Like, we saw him in the Chris Wing Classic and everything. The guy's become a heavyweight and he's still got all the freakish moves that he does and it's just, and he's got that brawler style to it as well. He's got a big array of moves and no, he's been a proper breakout person. I like as well they've teamed him with Marcel Barthel, mm-hmm. who is Walter's partner on the independent team, because I think it's clear they want Walter to be a big star. Ringkick put him into a fashion. But I think obviously it gives Walter the singles run and it also gives I'll say along with Eitner, a credible tag team, I think you can see them challenging for the tag title soon. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan's got you, one of your breakout stars. Well, I've got a few. Um, we mentioned Jordan Devlin, I thought he was a class image one, but 
My, my main guy that I like just now is Zach Gibson. Oh, he's brilliant. One of the UK tournaments. He is the epitome of heel heat. No way. He is absolutely hated and he laps it up. And when he won the, the tournament that time oh and he gave that, that promo at the end, we went for about two hours. It was he, clear. He just, oh, like, just people and see the, the shoes off if you hate Gibson thing. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Does the place stink when that happens? <laughs> He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know he can all smell his shoes. You can just see a bro. <laughs> <laughs> see, what's really, what's really, what's really funny about Gib- what Gibson is a um, friend of the show and the, uh, Neil Dawkin from Liverpool, big Gibson fan. I and mean, he always says, like, anytime that people do that chat, he's like, I don't want to do that back. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make people have to do it. Pure pressure. No, usually when it's the shoes off, all we hear the tickle was Gary shouting, they say, put your shoe back on, I'm not putting it back on again. <laughs> you will not die your own shoelaces. <laughs> so Scott, uh, some of your breakout stars for the brand. Johnny Thick. Johnny Thick. The, the way you put together that four-man fatal. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm joking. We, we, we can maybe touch on Sid Scala being a breakout star, not because he came in as a jobber and sort of... I loved him. The, ...the assistant to the, the general manager. I think it was just to help Johnny Saint because Johnny Saint's from the era where there's not promos every week, and I think it's just to kind of take the heat off of Johnny Saint. It looks like Sid Scala's trying to have his granddad. <laughs> right, anyway. But any, that, that, that it's all genius to thought, Rhea Ripley I'm going to have. Rhea Ripley. Because like, when, it, when I found out that it was her that had won the title, I obviously got it leaked like many other people I did, and it was kind of like an odd choice because all we knew of her was me and that but her heel work in the first couple of months as the champion was superb and like but she had the advantage that she was quite a bit taller than most of the other women so it looked like she had this imposing bit like especially when she did that reverse clover leaf it looked like she was probably picking them up with one hand yeah. and also the fact she put that photo of when Tegan Noxon got injured in her match at the Bian Plaza she did that picture, picture of her favourite her knee as her profile picture on Twitter <laughs> So obviously we talked to us that you said there uh, we are Ripley quite a bit bigger than the other women in the division. Mm-hmm. We we touched on this in our big show show big show show <laughs> easy to say drunk. Uh, when big show was at his best is when we are Ripley's also at the best. It's that I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you. What are you going to do about it? Look, what are you going to do to stop me? I think she's played that heel role very well. Yeah, because like we're always worried didn't lead up to her match and take over that she would be seen as kind of a placeholder for Tony because it was clear Tony was going to be a big star. She'd won the Mayon Classic. Then Rhea Ripley more than held her on in promos and she was like, I'm sick of being compared to you. It's you that should be compared to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, well, yeah, there's a, a couple of ones. One I would have loved to have said to have seen more of him was Travis Banks, but because he's absolutely amazing, but I've not really seen too much of him. But I'm going to go with one, maybe not so many people have got mixed reviews on it. It's uh, Eddie Dennis. Uh, I'm in there this one. Uh, <laughs> I've seen quite a bit of his progress work in the last year or so when he turned up Mark Andrews, and it kind of brought out a different side to me. He got to, he, he pretty much, it got to a point that he made something turning on a guy like Andrews. He made, he made the fans vouch for him but even though in NXT UK we've not kind of seen that side of him they've kind of made him portrayed as this monster which I'm not going to be like he's probably not the best fit for him as an ex-teacher you know <laughs> that, that's my problem with Eddie Dennis they completely ruined him to begin with by going 
former headmaster, now all I can think about is an angry teacher mm-hmm. storming about. Have you seen the in-between as well about Mr. Gilbert? That's different. Too much to ask for when the fans are booing out of your approval for him to go, it's your own time you're wasting. When he actually wrestles, even though he's a big guy, he's got that present about him. And I've always been a fan of him since I've seen that progress work and it's, it's kind of mo- it's, it's maybe a bit more that I'm, kind of, I'm happy to see him do well but a lot of the stuff he's done is he's done he's done pretty well it be interesting to kind of see where he goes in the next few months but I've been impressed with a lot of the stuff that he's done Gary, what are your breakout stars? Joe Coffey Joe Coffey I think mm-hmm. he's been a revelation and and, and exceeded my expectations when him and Mark got signed and when you seen Mark appear um, to help him, oh, the two of them sort of done that run in after the four man fatal <laughs> at the UK Championship tournament. They thought they were going to be a tag team, but then Gallus came together as a unit. And how good is that theme song? Oh, and, as a, and as a group, they've really, I think they've really taken the opportunity and ran with it. So, yeah, huge credit. I'm sorry, Guy, once you mentioned the theme song, I stopped listening. I had it playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the theme song was a one when, uh, when Mark first brought it out because everybody loved these old ones. They were kind of like, oh, why they changes a bit. The more you hear it, it's just mm-hmm. like. Just, it just it gets you pumped up, doesn't it? It's, it's like, you, you know it's a fight, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned Joe Coffey exceeding expectations. Obviously, we talked top the effect of ICW. Joe Coffey in 2015, 2016 in ICW was untouchable. And then I think maybe his feuds weren't as intense or maybe maybe people weren't as happy with certain matches. So when he came to NXT UK, there was some hesitation maybe. He, he went through a bit of a character change, didn't he? Yeah. He went from being the, the Iron Man to the, the, the Iron, Iron King. King. <laughs> I think the Iron King's better though. It's more serious. And when you look at someone like Joe Coffey, who looks like he could crush your head like a peanut in your in his hand and it's like yeah this is his kingdom I'm not going to debate that but like when he does the thing of drawing down his face to say he's going to get slapped I love that that's like proper death kind of thing <laughs> and that's what's kind of started this whole kill shot thing I mean, it'd be nice it. to see them actually get properly cheered in the Glasgow <laughs> team because every show they just get ripped for being too oh, much it's like I know. I know they're the bad guys but come on I know. It's, 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 it's been done it was really just the three big Scots, like, throw them together. But they've made it work, and obviously he main evented the first takeover, which we'll and touch on later. And heel turn brought Lucy to tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bailey's future heel turn, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that! <laughs> like, even though he did win the tournament, you know, he was probably yeah. our favourite to win it, Coffee. Like, you always knew, look at him, like, he's the kind of guy, you don't know what Vince would think, but you know Triple H would love a guy that can, like, mm-hmm. an NXT here or just a regular NXT. He'd be a guy that Bailey would have push. You know, he's got the tits off, triple boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like his new gear. It's very inspired by his high school, so that He does kind of, you see his style, he kind of does seem like a triple H. Uh, Ryan? I, I thought he deserved a bit better, actually, in uh, the tournament this year. But looking back now, it's probably the best thing, because if he goes far in that tournament, it probably puts him too far up the pecking order. Whereas now, he, he's almost kind of come in almost as a nobody from the very start and just very quickly powered his way through everybody and made himself a better kind of credible challenger so I quite like the way they've done that and so massive fan of Joe Coffey as everybody will probably know anyway so I just I love seeing him succeeding I genuinely thought he was going to beat Pete at TakeOver I think we all did I think we thought 
Pete was maybe going to be because he was appealing more and more, he'd just been on war games more and more on the original NXT. Mm-hmm. I think we thought right, this is going to be him moving from one NXT to another. Joe is going to be the guy, and we all I think we all knew Walter would appear eventually. Walter would face Joe, but that was obviously left for takeover. Is <laughs> the Kelly and Stevenson connection there trying to slap each other with jobs? Does he get his actual surname and I don't? Because we like Gary. <laughs> Uh, so, just a wee quick two-minute discussion. Gary, take over. You, me, Scott, Sarah, and Lucy all win. Oh, true. <laughs> how, how quick were you on to get tickets as soon as they were announced? Oh, we had to be quick because they, they disappeared straight away. I think I got mine so one minute after they went on sale. Loved every minute of it. Uh, great, great atmosphere. We went to the place. Uh, great venue, great matches. And... Um, talent really rose to the occasion. Fair enough. And can you just tell the listeners how excited was Lucy to open the takeover tickets on Christmas Day? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, particularly because we told her that we hadn't been able to get the tickets. Oh, so, so it was taught it was psychological talk yeah, so sorry, sorry we didn't manage to get Yeah, so she was thrilled and loved every minute of it and it loved in particular because she's been able to spot herself multiple times all your turn. On, on the TV. It's yeah. like it's like your turn was saying all your thumb mate. <laughs> <laughs> we we are over here! We came all the way you better get out of It was great because Gary's eyes are focused on the ring, but Lucy clocks at camera. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you guys may have faces for radio, one of us has a face for television. <laughs> 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 Subscription TV. <laughs> so, right. so, just on that night, you were saying about the, the tournament you went to, you said it wasn't fully sold out and stuff like that, and the kind of atmosphere wasn't the best at, at points. What was the, the comparison like to this? Because obviously it had been on, people knew what they were getting. Was it, did it feel intimate, even though it was a bigger venue than that one? Yeah, well, I think the Royal Albert Hall seats more people, many more people than, than Blackpool. So Blackpool, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the word diehard, but I can't think about it. You had like some of the biggest fans there. We met people that travelled from all over the place. We met some folk that came from France to go to it. Uh, the boy that was staying in the hotel, the yeah, French boy. Uh, so folk had come from, like ourselves, had come from all over the place to go to it. So you had folk that were just really up for it the minute that we got there. I think it was a lot of people travelled for it. And like you've seen us in the hotel after it, we were all gubbed. Yeah. But I think the fact that it was the adrenaline. What we are gone to a WWE pay per view. We are gone. I think Lucy kept us all going because she was still bouncing a bit after yeah, it. But it was, I, I hate to use the word historic, but it was, <laughs> it was a sort of it was an important moment in UK, the history of UK yes. wrestling, and it was great to be there for it. Fair enough. Anyone else get any thoughts just for me? Sorry, I'm trying to not be sick of that. You're historic. <laughs> But uh, like I said, like as soon as they announced it, I knew like we need to go with this because like you don't know what could happen. As if you say like I was at the first year because you know this band's gonna keep going and I'm gonna be bullet hopefully other ones down the road. But like I was at the first one and also because I thought or honestly thought the UK title was gonna change and like if I can say like I was there when Cockman Dunn's raid finally ended and like like I said like I was on Ticketmaster at ten a ten a.m. in the morning and went on to say like refresh refresh like immediately. Fair enough, right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we're going to discuss what we've just touched on there, the actual takeover itself, the matches, the atmosphere, our thoughts on each match, disappointments, and maybe certain results. But first up, we're going to have a 
quick break and a promo from Joe Coffey, Pete Dunne's UK title match. See you soon. This is Defiant Wrestling's James R. Kennedy, top class, middle initial, bottom line, and you, my friends, are listening to the wonderful Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweets. Determination, the desire to win. In the space of two years, I've gone from unknown to being the longest reigning champion of the modern era. No matter how strong, no matter how big, I'll chop them down, I'll bend their joints, I'll crack their fingers, I'll submit them, whatever I've got to do to get the win. Just vicious. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. There is going to be a change of the guard. Where was Joe Coffey when the first WWE inaugural UK Championship tournament happened in Blackpool? Where was he? Yeah, that's right, I was sitting in the house. Sitting at home with the telly on. I had it on. I saw Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews. You know what? I switched it off because I couldn't watch it. Because I was bitter. I was. I was extremely bitter that I wasn't there. It's about me. It's about my opportunity. It's about my kingdom. And it's about my UK championship. What poetic justice it would be to take and rip that WWE UK championship from Pete Dunne. Coffee came out here, signed the contract and instead done. Snapped his fingers. You talk too much. That's the rest of Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Oh, Joe Coffey from behind. There's no time for the Iron King to stand and claim his throne. Pete Dunne has been avoiding a real challenger ever since he won that UK championship. The result's always the same. A bitter end for Joe Coffee. <laughs> Joe Coffey, the Iron King, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. No mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We are doing our NXT UK show. And before we get back in, I just want to thank James R. Kennedy and Joe Coffey for the sound bites. If you want to hear more from James R. Kennedy, we recently interviewed him for our podcast. You can find it on 
iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and all good Android podcasting sites. Just search Suplex Retweet. So, as we get back into this, I'm joined by Kwaku, Ryan, Scott, Stephen, and Gary. Wish it was Derek. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about the actual event itself, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. Now, Gary, we had a lovely road trip, didn't we? (laughs) A smashing road trip. Stoke for Burger King and everything. We bought stocks of rock as well. Stocks of rock, yes. Sandbook of rock. <laughs> playing Molly Nelson on the road again. Yep. Big bag of celebrations, that was smashing. You saw the game. Did Me. you just say sandbook of rock? Yeah. I think Sarah still got some. Both? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Honestly, the worst part of that trip, though, was you refusing to stop because there was a stock of rock shop called Rock Bottom. <laughs> and I wanted a photo in front of it. I was raging. <laughs> She, I would have driven on to be honest. And if, we, I, if we, I, why don't you leave him at Blackpool? And then we go to Aye. the Blackpool Stadium. Like, anybody want to fly at the Blackpool Stadium? No, just fucking drawing. <laughs> <laughs> no plane. <laughs> so, Gary, Scott, I'll start with you two. What were your thoughts actually being at that event in itself, Scott? I thought this is some science venue, isn't it? <laughs> 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 The venue was pretty special to be fair, it was really, uh, really very pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool to be in the building when you haven't seen the original end. What? <laughs> oh, there you go. It was a very warm and regal voice. Yeah, it was 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 very warm being where the first tour was held, and it was a great atmosphere. There was, a, you could tell, there was a, like a lot of people came in. Most of them had travelled down for it, and they were loud the whole night, especially in the opening tag match. Uh, so, not a member of panel that was with us who can't be on the show tonight, unfortunately, is Sarah Grieve. We asked her our thoughts on the takeover. She said, "I thought it was what you'd expect from every US takeover. It was dramatic from start to finish." She cried when Finn Balor came out and they hit the bloody Sunday, just for the simple fact he hasn't used that move since he got signed with WWE. The women's match stole the show for her, she went, and at the time of texting she said, I don't remember much because I've just woken up. <laughs> if you want to hear more of Sarah's thoughts, you can find them on our Twitter. the best panellists for insane. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. So, Stephen, if you've stopped giggling at Gary's ballroom comment, would you? <laughs> no, right, we'll move to Ryan. I'm glad you ended it with room. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what were your thoughts on the actual show? From a TV standpoint, how was it for watching it on the TV? I thought it was great. I thought, like actually, like Sarah said, I think it was everything that you expected from from a a takeover event. You know, it wasn't it wouldn't look out of place if it was on the kind of main American NXT. So no, I thought it was pretty good. Talking about the venue, I for long enough thought that that venue was in the tower, actually at the top of the tower. So it, yeah. only because I knew they'd done strictly that before. <laughs> <laughs> Sure that they can't have a different ball. Wait, wait, wait. Why is the show we came? He's talking about that. You're talking about strictly. I'm just talking about the venue. I thought that. We've had the Bridge Bake Off and everything. Yeah. I was like, we were maybe we said that we got to the hotel, like, Lucky Jesse, to get to the ball here. Oh, one of the Lipper Gardens is on the tower. Like, we didn't know there was two. So there is two. So we were wandering around, like, what land do we go to? Is it this land? Yes, and there's about five entrances into that Winter Gardens, and I think the first ones we went to every single one. No, you go to the next one, we went to the next one. No, it's the next one. No, I shouldn't tell you that, it's the next one. Like, can somebody just let us in? We'll get tickets. Maybe climbing and grappling hooks and everything. To be fair, the hydro's pretty similar. You walk in, you're like, where's B? 
I don't know where's the beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, now you've stopped giggling. Thoughts of the, sh- the pretty building, as Gary mentioned? <laughs> uh, well, I thought, what, I thought watching it, I thought this, the atmosphere, you could feel the atmosphere a bit in that one, what Gary touched upon earlier on. The UK Championship Special didn't quite feel the atmosphere as much because it'd been on the week before, the week before, yeah. the week before however long it was, and it was heavily edited, and you didn't have the same feel because this was live. Even though you were watching it at home, you kind of felt that electricity. Like, wasn't just say for it. Shut up, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I didn't watch it live. I watched it the day after because I was out that night. But even though I kind of knew a lot of the results because a lot of it was spoiled on Twitter. Sarah, thank you. Um, you still felt really involved with it. You kind of feel sometimes if you watch pay-per-views on WWE, even if you know the results, you're not as invested yeah. and you're kind of just plodding along just to see if anything happens. But even though I knew half the stuff that would happen to this one, I still felt it, especially in that uh, tag team match you mentioned. I don't remember seeing a better tag match. And I've seen loads of great tag matches in TakeOver. That's one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Well, Ryan mentioned about following on. I'm not looking out of place alongside any of the other NXT shows. And one of the things that certainly had common with all the other NXT TakeOvers is the tag team match was exceptional. Yeah. And um, the the things that those guys did in that match, the drama and they, they built the excitement over it was following the best teams in Quacko, mm-hmm. before they rudely moved on, you never get a chance to talk about the pretty building either. Do, oh, you, like, do you like Strictly? Do you like the Bake Off? Um, no. <laughs> are, you not, are you not listening? He can't eat cake. <laughs> you can't appreciate a good cooking show? I, I, did, I mean, I did watch a win that day of one. Does that help? <laughs> that, uh, it she, should, she should never have won that. But... Screw you! I think I'm the only one that thinks that to be fair. She's good on TV recipe bad things. Anyway, moving on. I feel like I started this now and I should probably backtrack because that's. I don't know who Nadia is. I feel like I should never have mentioned Strictly. I know, it's like soggy bottom or something like that. Let's go to the judges with this one. It was bad! It had razzle dazzle! Anyway, I'll move on. Before it for the XT, people were still following throughout the show and they were, mo- they were behind Lisa Drown and they hated the Grizzled Young Vets. So you get them out on the crowd most of it, and for the first 10 minutes, I don't think I was even watching the ring, I was just listening to what the crowd was saying. He was always standing up, sitting down, shooting his ass, like 
Like, people like, like, is there still a match going now? I can listen to his chanting. Yeah, it's a match sounds exhausting. What's your life? Oh, I was <laughs> winded after it. <laughs> like, a, like, get up to dance at a wedding. Off you get. Oh, and everybody. <laughs> I think they got it spot on, to be fair, though, with the, the outcome of that match. I thought that's. If you put it on Marshall's Mountain, I think that would have been too obvious mm-hmm. for, for your first event, whereas you've got somebody, you know, Zach Gibson mainly, and, you know, obviously James Jake plays his part, but Zach Gibson mainly. I think that's the guy you need to put the the belt on because he will he will milk that every single week going forward. And he'll, he'll make it he'll make the title relevant. He'll, you know, make people interested in it going forward. You know, it's already having one really really good match, but I think you need to be able to continue that for weeks. For obvious reasons, I wanted Mustache Mountain to win, <laughs> but uh, when it comes <laughs> to Zach Gibson, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that as well. Um, but for Zach Gibson, um, I thought he was a little bit lost. I think he deserved. I said this when we did the preview show that he deserves a better spot in, in the tag division. No disrespect to the tag division, but being you know first tag team champion is pretty good claim to fame mm-hmm. to have. And he's getting a bit more of a spotlight now as as a consequence of it, so you know, that's a good thing. I think what Ryan said though he'll milk it even when he loses oh, the title. Yeah. No he can take you can take the title from him, but you can't take the fact that he's the first ever tag team champion. Yeah. Like please say like he won the UK tournament he, even though he lost it still it was that he won the tournament. I was gonna say like you can't take away the fact that he's the first champion, like other than like ah you won the tournament but you lost, I'll still always be remembered as the first champion and like and obviously, James Drake's there by his side, a very good looking man as we discussed him. Yes, James Drake, handsome man. Handsome Lovely Floyd man, he's worth it. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> And we move on from Scott's obsession with James Drake's hair and carries of Tyler Bates' legs. <laughs> uh, other undercard matches on the show, we had Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. Yes, we're calling it that now. Mm. It was like the Six Nations fans versus Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that match. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, after that match, I went back when we went back to the hotel that night. I watched that match back on the network because there's some big spots in it that um, you know, from from men of that size you didn't expect to. That's big part of the salt. Oh wow! No, it was the it was just the was it Dennis left some of his legs are actually buckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like oh, did the razor like, like, something up like I really regret this. <laughs> You look lighter. It's like we're moving balls to that and lift us. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's one of the ones as well. It was, I think, whoever won was going to get a big push. And I've, I've not really kept up with the weekly. T- I've read the results, but I've not watched. But it's a case of Eddie Dennis will be affected by the loss because it was the two Titans coming together. Was the two big monster heels? You can't have uh, sorry, monsters mm-hmm. of NXT. You can't have two big monsters. There's only one superior monster. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the batch of shows that were done at um, at the Royal Rumble Access, I don't think Master for Dennis were on no, any of them. They both had match. I can't remember. They both had like uh, squash matches at the uh, tapings thing after, uh-huh. but they haven't been on since. Like uh, Dennis got a promo that was like a pre tape thing, like yeah. teasing he was going back. They only took so many guys over, which, yeah. is, which is which is clear when you look at the cards. They fought the likes of Burke and Lorcan yeah. and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cassie is over. Yeah. Used a lot of NXT guys for that team. Yeah, there was the what was collide to him, I think. They looked at last select few. So mm-hmm. obviously as a Your man Tyler. Your yeah. man Tyler. 
Stop it. Moving swiftly on. So there was a rather smug moment for me standing at the bar uh, after Travis Banks has been taken out by Jordan Devlin and he says, I'm the best Irish wrestler there's ever been. And we're standing at the bar, the man goes, It's gotta be Walter. And I went, I say best Irish wrestler, it'll be Finn Balor. And this guy looked at me as if I was talking Spanish. <laughs> like, no, it won't be Finn Balor. Why would Finn boom boom? <laughs> boom boom. As the smoke begins and you just see my smug pearly lights like Ah, ah, ah. Sorry, okay. he said boom boom and smoke like it was Taz coming in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so at the bar for the start of that. That's a strange time to go. That's actually like a. That didn't know you hit the bar. He went to dodge and then just, and then uh, Banks got taken out and I'm like, I'm like, when Bella came, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know you hit the bar. Apparently, Dave, I'm like, Ross, can you just that? Yeah. Uh, our listeners would be, well, what really interested in Ross's movements for the night of the. Well, he's got a shoulder. But you're right there. I was urinating, thank you very much. Too much info. Yeah, too far. <laughs> you're right, though, when, when his music hit and when he came out, folk went crazy in there. And, you know, we're just talking about uh, Tyler Bates' body. Jesus Christ, Gary. The abs and thin baller. No, I'm often. I agree with that. My God, that boy is ripped. Boy, he, he, he does sit would anyone like to talk about the match and not Finn Balor's body? He's on Raw every week, he doesn't always not always doing stuff of of no but it's always good to see him. But like the idea like you didn't think he'd be here, like that's like the whole surprise there when that added that made you like more excited to see Bally or Stina like she knew eventually they'd maybe do this teacher we student thing, but you didn't realise how soon they would do it. Mm-hmm. And then you really look at them like, he's just like that Spider-Man meme. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a tweet coming out the day before when the performance centre opening, and um, the guy put on, he took a picture of Finn and Jordan talking next to the ring, and they were like, oh, I wonder what these two are planning, and then the next, once the takeover happened and they actually got the match, he was like, something fishy was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked him what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like Stephen said earlier on about Travis Banks, I really like Travis Banks. Think, thinks he's great. Um, disappointed that he, his injury probably has affected the spot he has in NXT UK. Was not particularly excited about this match that was scheduled to happen at TakeOver. It felt like it came out of nowhere and now we know why <laughs> um, it was put, put on the cards. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we've touched on the Finn Balor match, we've touched on the tag title match and the Monsters match. Uh, Sarah's match tonight was the women's title match. Gary, you were excited at a Tony Storm win, weren't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, we were all cheering for that Tony Storm. That body, though. Tenderly wearing hats. Umbrella hats. I was upset, Gary, there was no shitey pre-show parties when we were in Blackpool. Careful. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> When the women's title got introduced, I think a lot of folk expected Tony Storm to be the first champion and then Rhea came in, done much better than I thought she would do as a champion's really uh, growing in that role. But a uh, great match, brilliant moment to be there for, for Tony Storm. 
claiming the crown. My daughter loved every minute of it as well. So before we move on uh, to the main event, Kwaku, what was your match of the undercard? What was your out of the four other than the, you've touched on the tag title match? From the other three, what was your match? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, a part of me, a big part of me would probably say the Finn Balor Devlin. Like, although, yeah, it was just the shock of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just this is happening, this is amazing. And you get to see Finn as more Finn. And mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Devlin, who, by the way, I think has got the best executed moonsault in anywhere. Yeah, it's a great moonsault. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, we've discussed most of the card. We'll touch on the main event. We talked about it earlier on about how we thought it was over. This was Joe Coffey's night. Joe Coffey beat Pete Dunne. This was a cracking match. This was absolutely amazing. Oh, are you watching great. Vince McMahon? Great, oh, great, great, ex- great exhibition between two guys we'd see him with us. But I, thought, I liked that we kind of seen a bit, things a bit different from Dunne. Mm-hmm. Kind of seen a lot. I know he does the, the joint manipulation a lot, but he was trying to do a lot more. And they, you don't finish with a submission, it actually mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense why they're doing the joint thing when he actually wants to finish with it. Previously, just been, I'm just going to do this to hurt you. Now it's like I have a purpose, which is a good development in character. I think the good thing on the kind of joint manipulation thing is you actually, at points, believe that it doesn't affect Joe. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a strange way to look at it, you know, almost as if it does that, you know, bend the fingers back and stuff, but then next minute Joe's back up again, you're like, that didn't affect him. It kind of adds to his character, it's just been asked. He took Joe quite seriously by the fact that he hit the bitter end at the end and then hit the submission as opposed to going for the pin. He think I can't beat him, I don't know if I can beat him with this, so I'm just going to do this too. So it showed a good respect to coffee, I thought. My heart was my move the entire match and mm-hmm. I want, I, I'm a massive Pete Dunne fan, I wanted him to win, but my loyalties were tested <laughs> when there was a, a, any English listeners listening in. It was a small majority that were chanting Scottish. Can you get such things as a small majority? <laughs> <laughs> small minority, I should say. That's one for the botch call. A small minority of certain drunk fans who were saying anti Scottish slurs, and all of a sudden I became Braveheart and started shouting, Come on, Joe! Freedom! Then, Stop lying, you're at the bar. I think for a couple of years, personally, the guy like Joe Coffey, some of his matches didn't really stand out to me. This, to me, was mm-hmm. peak ICW level Joe Coffey mm-hmm. doing it, putting on my, always matches tonight when he was at that point, and mm-hmm. arguably a contender for matches. Tonight. Such a hard hit match with some great spots in it. When they fit, I said when they fell off the top rope, that was oh. a bit scary. Um, great fit, uh, false finishes that had everybody. There were so many times that I thought, right, that's it now. And then, oh, no, he got out. And they had the, the ebb and flow of the crowd. They had everybody in the palm of their hands. And a great attire by Joe Coffey as well. <laughs> and the fact that no, we were a bit like shaggings because they had the whole thing and they put some lower coat tape and the whole, like, Gallus uh, distracting people so Coffey could be up and they had the six-man tag and the go-home show, like, we're expecting, like, Mustache Mountain to come down and then Gallus to come down, but no, like, they came out to the ramp and then Joe sent him to the back to like, I'm going to do this on my own. Joe told him no shenanigans. 
Wasted Goffrey's good suit that we didn't get to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's always a wedding night since he always looked like he's gone to. I wonder what. I mean, damn him for looking good in a suit. Can I get you happy to be looking at uh, listening to this? We're all jealous that you look so good in a suit. You want to know why you took that sink? <laughs> why, Wolfie? Why? Give it back. It's not your maybe, sink. Maybe give it back after a certain match type that I want to see again. But yes. here we go. <laughs> Selling Shrugs match, maybe? Mm-hmm. I hope so. But um, obviously, we talked about the match itself. Ryan, were you disappointed to see Joe not win, or was it a case that he put in a good performance you knew? No, I definitely wasn't. I wasn't disappointed with the match. You know, I, I did think, like many, that Joe was going to win. I thought this was the, the time, you know, their first big pay per view of the, you know, this is when Pete is going to drop the title after such a long, a long reign. And it doesn't happen very often in wrestling nowadays that you're actually shocked by the outcome, especially when it's a champion retaining. So I, I was, when I got to the end of the match and then I, I seen Joe Tapping out, I thought, geez, oh, like it's actually, you know, he has actually lost. You know, I was I was fully convinced, I had bet so many people that, that he was going to win, like, hands down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I was, Disappointed for two reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm a, I'm a Joe Coffee fan. I mean, I am wearing his one of his t-shirts right now as we speak, just to put in perspective. Another one, and maybe this is just a part of me that's just a big ICW nut. Um, the whole thing of like every chap, like every chap in NXT UK, they're all synonymous of progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this to me. Just has this lineage of is this going to be a, a bigger pro- or, or a different progress championship? Yeah. Only but one of the bits I'm disappointed about was after he lost the match, was Joe getting on the ring apron and being knocked, getting back in the ring, being knocked back out. It's like, nah, he deserved a wee bit better. Better than that. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. That. It's, do you know what it seemed like to me? See when you can tell that someone run where title is done. Is when they they lose at a pay per view and then it's like the next night on TV they get the rematch and that's when you know right you're not you're not in the plans for the big pay per view uh, match mm-hmm. and I think that that was even worse it's like mm-hmm. you've put on a, a five star classic I don't care what Dave Meltzer says mm-hmm. a five star match and then just to get we'll, we'll touch on it in a minute the debut holder it could have been done so much better it would have been so much more effective if he beat up Pete Dunne as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah like. But I think like you kind of like, we do as fans, we kind of build an idea that like more certain this is going to happen, and you're kind of disappointed when it does, because like that's where we all were so certain that Joe's going. I thought if Pete wins, then I hope that means one thing, and thankfully that thing happened just moments after the match. Like, we've seen who's probably the next challenger is going to be. Right, so obviously we touched on that. And that'll take us to the next bit. The debut of Walter, the pop from that crowd when the da 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 and it was just it sucked and then water came out yes water <laughs> were you flooded <laughs> we're all happy you know Josh, was <laughs> did the did the sound get any damage <laughs> oh, we weren't that far from the water <laughs> the man has such a presence so yeah. I don't think there's many guys in wrestling that has the presence of him he just looks like 
I love them. And the fact that he kept his music as well, like we knew, like it's more comfy, we keep the name, they don't always keep the same music they used on the Indies, but that music he kept his, and that music is so recognisable if you know, especially amongst that crowd, so as soon as the first note hit, everybody immediately reacted like, and so like, that's Walter. Could you imagine if he came into something different, though, I'd be like, who's yeah. this guy? It was, it was like to see him punky back and come up personality. First I'm like, who's that? And then, oh, it's punk. Hey! Yeah, I, I, see, when you go back and watch that, the punk return. There's like five smarky people that watch String of Honor in the crowd and you just hear them shouting, It's punk, it's punk! And everyone else is just, No, it's dead, oh, it's punk! <laughs> but obviously, the debut of Walter, he's been someone who has been touted for WWE for so long, but I think the big stumbling block was he doesn't want to live in the United States full time. He's settled. Has he it. said that? Yeah. yeah. Right. He came out and said that. He's been quite vocal. He was offered an NXT contract at the same time as Keith Lee, and obviously Keith Lee took it. He didn't. Oh, do you, do you imagine Keith Lee Waller? Oh. Um, amazing. The ring wouldn't just stand up. Two big bells going at him. <laughs> just as we're talking about Walter's <laughs> debut, his debut match. The the Welts, I can't forgot the name of the guy who's wrestling now. Well, I think he's got the Jack Stars with a Z because he's Jack still Stars. I just slapped the name right off him. I showed that picture to Laura and I was like, that was one slap. And she went, that was one slap? <laughs> I, I, I was talking about that. It's the direct, it's like, I'm surprised anybody wants to actually face him. Because, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, we all know that wrestling you need to be safe, but if I was coming home with Wales like that every single night, I'd There's like... There's not enough money nah, in the world. <laughs> not like, no, I'm alright. The one of this is Axel Jr. You're defying. I remember watching him, I was like, who did Jack Stars annoy that say? Did, did he take privileged parking space or something? Probably just waiting to be wagging booked up, yeah, there. Never told him who it was with. <laughs> Probably told him it was Zach Gibson who was preparing for a technical masterclass and then, his jaws appealed to Gary said. So, obviously, we talked about an annoyance with what he did. He, he just stared down Pete Dunn and he kind of just took out Joe with one punch. But either way, it was disrespectful. But uh, what's your thoughts on? Obviously, we're not going to spoilers, but his his run so far that has been televised. What's your thoughts on Walter on NXT so far? I've got a general gripe with the post NXT UK booking. I don't think it's capitalised on the excitement. Nah. So Walter appeared that first night. We got the the type of match you I think you would expect that night. Mm-hmm. I would have loved actually before Walter went on to Pete Dunn for him and Joe Coffey to have picked up business and for Joe to have said you know, pick up from being kicked out of the ring the night before. I, I originally thought that was going to be a I thought it was going to be Joel and Walter and Dave Master would finally get his title shot and then Walter would fight Pete Dunne. Yeah, he's like, in the, in the night after uh, TakeOver, he had a match with Mark Bobbins, I thought that was going to be a thing, he was going to go through all of Gals one by one, like, next Sunday we'll be and then on to Joel before getting shot Pete Dunne, because that would have been a good story. Right. That's my, my kind of gripe though, when, you know, people like that come in, you have that, like, moment where Walter and Pete in, in the ring, and then they do nothing with it. You know, there's nothing that happens after it. You know, you, have you seen that on on Raw SmackDown? Look at this week, for example. You've got Batista. Oh, no, it was last week. You know, when you, when, you see, when you see Batista last week, and you think, okay, we know what's going to happen. Then it's going to continue and roll on and roll on. Whereas it seems that it just doesn't 
You know, sure, Chloe should yeah. never plan birthday parties again. <laughs> wow. Plan <laughs> Stephen's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> He's big, 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 he's you can come to my house. Why don't you just come here? No, you've got a lot of time in your house, Ross. <laughs> I, I really should be studying when I go to college. But anyway, Stephen, your thoughts on Walter? I'm just happy to see him. I think he's absolutely amazing. I think he's just such a... I, I, it's, you, like I said earlier, it's the presence of him. You need, if you want your main champion, it needs to be somebody who's just going to... You can build the brand around You want his jacket, don't you? Oh, just, it's just so good. I want him just to come out. I want him to walk everywhere to that music. You know? Just like... <laughs> I bet he does that, he's a house coat and uh, the house, what a shout out, turn that music up. <laughs> and Stephen walks about with nice crispies. The only thing that would make it better for me, him, is this, at this takeover show, Timothy Thatcher shows up and ring camp for in, in NXT UK and I would just pop like hell, I don't care what my neighbours say, it's like, I don't care, Thatcher and Walter are back together. Like, it's two in the morning, sure. <laughs> I do like how Dominic has been made to look in his first couple of matches because like, it's getting to that point where Dunsell did bit for so long that if someone's going to take it from him, they need to look believable to get a certain type of wrestler. And like, if we got Blade portraying Waller as like, this is a guy who's just going to go through everyone and it makes him look like a credible threat for Pete Dunn. Okay, so we have, as well as Waller, we have some brand new signs that have been recently announced in the past few weeks. ICW's Kaylee Ray. Yes. Define Wrestling's Primate. We have Jazzy Gerber from the May Young Classic, who, if you listen to our May Young Classic look back show, the panel are big fans of that. We have, and I struggle to pronounce this name, so I do apologise. <laughs> I only go far away. Ilya Dragunov. That fella that had a crack match with Joe Coffey <laughs> at the square goal. <laughs> They've all been signed by NXT UK. I think this is. An even more aggressive recruitment right now, uh, you mentioned before, Gary. And just to say it was Eat Sleep Suplex retweet the broken news of Kaylee Ray. No, 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 it was first time filmed, but we're not giving that bastard David Campbell credit. Well, we, we broke it when we were, because Kaylee was sat in front of me and Lucy at the show. Oh, oh for Christ's sake, we, go away! So, yeah. <laughs> so we broke the news <laughs> with like, spotting her before she came out, so we got the news <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so we've got the news out there first. But yeah. We've tried to make room in the, the room for Gary's ego. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving that plug to the podcast. No. You, just, you are plugging other podcasts. He's done his research. Mm-hmm. Back your box, Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, please continue. Yes, great signings. Well, thanks, Michael. <laughs> 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 well, someone's got to do a good job right here. Great, great. And also quite interesting if... Um, well, I know we're going to talk about a moment about the future of NXT UK, but you know there's a lot of a lot of talent now on this roster. Some of them haven't been given a, a particular particularly big spotlight up until now, and now the competitions for spaces is just really intensified with these extra extra signings. I'm just happy to see Private wrestling again. Looks uh, like at one point his career was over. I uh, get to retire briefly because of a jaw injury. Nice. So now I see him back in NXT UK so quickly. What, what, what are they, they not, what are they call them now? I can't remember what they're actually called. Well, Jay Melrose, like the primate, because that's these things he's real name. Like, 
Can you not just call him the primary? It's like calling Boyle War Mike well, Kitchen. It's like, it takes a bit away of the damage he's made Mike. It's not, it's no surprise that Dragonov's name is changed though. Aye. Is that the backstage going, nope? I heard he's, I can't remember. That's kind of me reading the script. I can't remember his second, so I'm not going to attempt it. But I think I have heard somewhere that has his actual second name, so they want to use his real name. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all great signings. So oh, it's, yes, it's, 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 it's a class. I think Dragonov is going to be one of the top stars and he'll, be the, he'll be the one that'll prime to face Fulton Aye, I, I think, think he's you know we've we all seen him at the, the square go but I watched him before when he had that that run in progress with, with Pete Dunne before um, the promo for that one was outstanding the match itself as well That's interesting choice of music yes but the, the match itself was outstanding and you've know, seen him against Fuck Joe. Up, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you seen him against Joe at the at the square go as well, I thought it was an outstanding match. It lived up to all the hype, so hopefully we'll see that one again at some point as well. I mean, we've mentioned these signings, but we also have to remember that Dar is now going to be on mm-hmm. NXT UK and Jazzy and Kayleigh weren't the only people in the roster, sorry, the only people in the audience that night that are now coming on to NXT UK. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't remember the name of the other guy that was in the, the audience. used to be the football. Uh, He's been in NXT yeah, US. Luke uh, Matthews. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Have you popped up in the front crowd in front row at TakeOver and we were like, who's that? Yeah, so there's quite a lot, a lot of this is NXT UK. We've got yes, people from all well. over the place. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, we've got some more people from across Europe now. I don't know when she's going to pop up because she has popped up as well as Buff Viper. Mm-hmm. Or, or Piper <laughs> Niven, I don't know what her name's going to be. So, something I want to touch on, and this is a spoiler for anyone who's not been watching NXT UK, at the NXT New York TakeOver WrestleMania weekend, uh, Walter will face Pete Dunne. I think we all knew it was heading that way. It looks as if Walter's going to win. Do you think there's will be a bit of an annoyance from the UK faithful, you know, Gary, you yourself know, wasn't cheap to head down to Blackpool. We spent a lot of money to go there. We're not saying we should get a new champion every show, but maybe having a UK takeover and then the title change hands in America, is that a bit disrespectful? I'm not sure, sure I would say disrespectful, but I think there's a case to be made that the title change should happen here and the NXT UK audience, the NXT UK fan base, the people that we follow on this show religiously should be the people that get to see that big moment and very few of them will get to see it when it happens in New York. So yeah, I think if the title was going to change hands, it should change hands here. Well, it is annoying that it doesn't happen in the UK, but I think for a couple of reasons I'm not as annoyed by it. One, I think it kind of comes full circle because he won it on a US takeover, so he would lose it. Plus it's WrestleMania weekend, so that's a big moment to have on the biggest sleep weekend in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And also, the uh, first tapings, I'm bigger ahead of it, the first tapings after, after that Mania weekend, I believe, are the Glasgow tapings, which some of us are going to. So if Walter does win, we can see we were there for the first title, possibly the first title defence of the new champion. Stephen, your thoughts on uh, I thought both actually valid points. I was swaying towards Gary's one, but Scott's actually did, uh, it kind of sells him. Makes the brand look bigger if on the biggest weekend of the rest of the calendar, that title has changed hands. I think that's a very good point. I suppose it brings people in as well. You know, people that might think, you know, people from across America, 
they might go, okay, next year, UK, I'll not no bother with that, I don't know who they are. I like, I like my next year, I like my SmackDown at all, that's me. Whereas if they're watching this and you showcase the best that you've got on the biggest show that any brand of NXT will do in a full year, mm-hmm. I think that people would watch that and go, oh, by the way, that was a good match between them two. NXT UK, I might give that a watch. So I think it, from a business point, it probably drives people across a bit as well. You're thinking about I think you're right and actually Pete Dunne might transition across after that to NXT permanently mm-hmm. sorry quite yeah. so obviously Scott mentioned the Glasgow tapings we all have our tickets for the Glasgow how excited were you when we got an actual Glasgow taping because we've not had one in Scotland yet yeah. I didn't think Glasgow would be the first place in Scotland to host an NXT UK I was convinced in my own mind that it would be Edinburgh they'd go to because WWE seems to be trying to put NXT UK into markets that they don't have WWE live shows in The problem is Edinburgh, let's be honest, they don't have their best no, it it's, not, right. it's not a wrestling, it's not a wrestling yeah. set Discovery's done a really good job over there I don't think it's like Plymouth is really a wrestling hotspot either Have you been to Plymouth? Never know! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm yeah. quite fair, like when I knew Japan for two cases was in Milton Keynes, like, yeah. we all know the wrestling hub in the UK, Milton Keynes. I actually thought they were going to go Aberdeen. Yeah, because and my point is about WWE taking the show to different markets that WWE's not yeah. able to go in for themselves. But when there was an emphasis, it's like, yes, got to make sure they've got tickets. I was on the train that day to Edinburgh with my boss, and I said during the conversation, I had to break off with her to say, sorry, I've got to go and buy some tickets now. So we'll pick up in a minute. Your boss looking across at you like, oh, is it a gig? What gig is it? What band? Yeah. WWE. <laughs> like Edinburgh, I think the only real viable location is Corn Exchange, but I think they would want more tickets than that place holds. Yeah, I think yeah. when we mention Glasgow, we forget, obviously now because the Hydro is the, the hub for all the things there, mm-hmm. we forget the SCCC, we forget the Velodrome, and we forget the Brayhead Arena, which is. 4,000 seats, you know, that that's easily filled in an NXT UK team. Because we know it's hosted Beyonce before. Actually, it's a part of the weird that Marmy actually thought, like, they've been looking at the sale of venues that they've been putting together, that they've been putting shows on, sorry. Marmy uh, actually thought, well, wonder, what do you mean if they've done it in the UK, uh, O2 Academy? Or the O2 Sport Dorian, sorry for him. Why did it go, man? Never. So we're done, done, it's great, well, justice has been served. Yeah. It would probably be the biggest arena that NXT UK has been in, because mm-hmm. the other venues are, are smaller theatre-type venues, very beautiful buildings, it's uh, <laughs> much prettier than the UK arena. Do you have like a rose bush that you're pushing your back garden, do you? <laughs> you know the Grand design. <laughs> Grand designs with Gary Kelman coming soon. So just before we wrap up for uh, the evening, just going to go around the panel, some f- maybe fan- quick fantasy bookings or quick things you want to see happen in the brand going forward. Scott? Uh, I want to see girls get built back up again and maybe do a freebird kind of thing with the tag titles because they have made a point with Joe going forward that every man he gets is important now to rebuild himself after that loss to Joe and I'm hopeful that the likes of Travis Banks get more as well because I think being injured before the first evenings and then getting taken out at takeover uh, at it's kind of hindered his moment I think with this three week deal and he started to pick up a bit because on tonight's episode of reports he's got a last man or a false count anywhere match so hopefully he starts to pick up because he has been a big deal in the UK scene for quite a while and hopefully everyone gets to see that 
Stephen? Uh, I would quite like to see if Rhea Ripley stays up there. I'd love to see her and Jazzy go on. I think that'd be quite a good clash of styles too. Mm. Big powerhouses going at it for a chance at Tony Storm. And maybe if Rhea's going to go in main NXT, as she will at some point, this is the chance to help get Jazzy over. And that one, I think that's a one that maybe not expected, but a great clash of styles. Quacker, mm-hmm. any thoughts? Uh, Kelly Ray as women's champion. Enough shot, simple to the point. Gary, what are you? I'm excited about Noam Dar being back. There's loads of guys on this roster he could have great matches with, so looking forward to seeing Dar. Right. My one is a, a bit of a crossover. Um, after seeing what he done against Pete Dunne at the first takeover, I would quite like to see at some point Joe Coffey against Adam Cole. Oh! Maybe. Gallus taking on undisputed day and that's going kind of, that kind of helps build on what happened with the UK Championship weekend where the kind of the crew were not feeling wolfy that night mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were feeling Adam Cole's and maybe a bit of frustration in Wolfie's part about that can you imagine mm-hmm. maybe Gallus recruiting an extra member four on four war games oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they need to recruit somebody from Scotland and is there another coffee, brother? Anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 there's only one other Scottish guy in the roster. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, so that has been our show for the evening. I want to thank my panel, Ryan, Scott, Stephen, Gary and Quacket. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So next week, it's WrestleMania Quiz 2, Electric Boogaloo. After me winning last year, we're Do going to... you think they might have another ring for two? No. <laughs> Quiz 2, Electric Boogaloo, it stays. <laughs> Sarah's back in the hosting chair and it's going to be myself, Scott McLeod, Nathan Fisher, David Campbell, David Hockney and Stephen Strachan and a quiz where the ESSR title will be on the line. Oh, the horse, uh, goat man's title is up for grabs. Yes, yes, and we, we have lost it by then, fastly. Yes, and before we go, if David Campbell had a problem with my name being above the door last week, it's going to be a bigger problem next week when my boot's up his arse. Good night. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now! Sports Social Podcast Network Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.